And do you know, I've never seen such a mess. There was blood, piss, and vomit everywhere. Oh, we're recording, aren't we? Um, <laughs> right then. Um, <laughs> welcome. What, what a good way to start our Disney special. <laughs> yes, family-friendly stuff. Blood, piss, uh, and vomit. So, oh. as we mentioned on the last episode, it was recently Disney Plus Day, followed by a three-day D23 extravaganza extravaganza so we're going to go through that uh we're going to have a quick break in the middle with another exclusive interview cool um with a, a chap called warren Bedensky, who is amongst other things an autograph collector and, and nice and that... not nice bloke just want to throw thoroughly, that in there now thoroughly nice bloke yeah very nice um, guy we, we've covered Collecting vinyl, steelbooks, movies in general, and all that kind of thing in the past. But but one of the things we've never really talked about actually is autographs. So um, Warren dropped us a line when we put the call out on the last episode for anyone who was a collector, and he said he collects autographs. And I thought, Do you know what? Why not? Why not? Why we've not? not covered that before, and it's a pretty interesting chat actually. It's I learned quite I, a lot. Yeah, it's something I've never personally been that kind of into so it was interesting to kind of hear how we got into it and and what the kind of the autograph collecting community stroke industry is like Mm. so so that'll break up um our disney chat but we've got a lot to get through so let's crack on this is going to be a bumper episode we're treating you episode six you got a treat yep um, yep. Obviously, the timestamps are in the various descriptions if you want to skip to just Warren's interview or whatever. But indeed, indeed. let's get there. going. So, Disney Plus Day. When was it, Mark? Remind our listeners. Checks calendar. <laughs> Disney Plus Day was Thursday, <laughs> Thursday the 8th. That was seamless. Thursday the 8th of September, Disney Plus Day. Yes. There's generally a lot of new stuff. Ooh, before we, before we, sorry, before we do want... jump into Disney Plus Day. Mm. It was slightly overshadowed by something in the UK. I, I, I have no idea. What well, well, well. Obviously, the Queen passing away slightly overshadowed the uh, Disney Plus Day here in the UK. And from what I remember, there wasn't as much going on the internet about Disney Plus Days there would have been last year. Um, sorry, sorry. She, you said she's dead. I'm sorry, to Mark. I know you're a big fan. They've they've really kept that quiet. I know you don't. Yeah, you tell the telly. No one's talking about it. You'd at never, all. you'd never known about it. No, never know. Hell. All on the plus it's side, the stuff the mainstream media just doesn't report. Well, on the plus side, at least the radios aren't playing Adele twenty four seven now because they were. <laughs> what the bloody hell? <laughs> if I heard someone like you another time, I was gonna not pay my What's license fee. <laughs> Clever, but really? yes. Uh, anyway, right, just wanted to get on. that in there. Um, Queen's dead. So, Disney Plus Day is the kind of day when they drop a load of new stuff onto the Disney Plus service. It's the anniversary of Disney Plus. This, that's the it, point. Yeah, that's it. And I think, is it three years old now? Um, yes. So, we got uh, Thor, Love and Thunder um, following its recent uh, cinema release. So, as usual with Disney, they're following a kind of 40-odd, 50-day window between theatrical release and and Disney Plus. Um, they're, they're sticking to that, which is cool. Yep. Uh, and they also released a, a one-hour making of um, for that film. And did, Have you watched that one? 
Uh, I've watched Thor. We'll come into that, I'm sure, after we recap. Um, yep. I haven't managed to catch Assembled yet. Okay. B- it's, been a, it's a, been a bit one. busy, as you know. Yes, indeed. Now, that, that, that's, that's a, that was a good one. Um, Surely uh, it was just lots of crims... Crims? Lots of crims Hemsworths. <laughs> lots of Chris Hemsworth just standing in front of Green. Surely. And what's wrong with that? I you mean, say that like it's a bad thing. Yeah, but the making of, oh, we've done, it's, it's what we've done for most Marvel films, stick him in a well, mocap Well, not in front suit. of green, actually, no. Not was in it front blue? Green. Was it in front of blue screen? No, because they use the volume now, don't they? Did they, they have, have they? They've moved it into Marvel? Yeah, yeah. They, oh, they, now they, I actually they, might watch it. There's quite a few bits of it actually use the volume, and it looks, as as we've seen before, it looks it looks very good. I mean, okay. it, there's an argue, it's, argument it's been overused, which hopefully Andor will fix, um, but but yeah, yeah. Um, talking of overusing the volume, um, there's also making of Obi Wan Kenobi TV show. Talking of overusing the volume, <laughs> uh, which really is fantastic technology. Don't don't get me wrong, but I felt like Obi Wan really kind of felt constrained, if you know what I mean. Mm. Okay. By that, but again. Loads of fantastic behind-the-scenes footage, um, interviews, etc. Obviously, bringing back some iconic characters there. I'll tell them. <laughs> um, Sorry, I'm just having a stroke. Carry on. Right. So, um, yeah, another great behind-the-scenes documentary. Again, about an hour long. Uh, lots of interviews, footage, etc. So that's that's always interesting stuff. You know, I was a big fan of. Uh, what's his face and what's his face? Yeah, you know? yeah. Thingy and what's it? Thingy and what's it? Yeah, and yeah. you know, I'm looking forward to seeing how they did make Obi Wan, even if it is going to be full of the volume. But I'm looking forward to the the little, you know, uh, friendship coming back together between Hayden and yeah. uh, Ewan. See, I do know their names, and <laughs> yeah, that that's going to be nice. And well, I want to yeah. see. Uh, and sorry, the the new lightsaber tech, which is pretty cool. Yeah, you see a little bit of that. Um, there's there's um, some nice kind of s- scenes of you know like doing the rehearsal stuff and and com- comparing to the old films that they were in together, and um, you'd get to see um, a bit of Hayden Christensen in in the suit, so it wasn't Ooh. just a stuntman all the time. Well, we know that because um, spoiler alert: if you've not seen Obi Wan, what have you been doing? Um, he takes his mask off half, like, in the last couple of episodes. And he does, it's actually. Him. That's, that's so, true. you know, that's dickhead. True. I mean... <laughs> Too strong? Too strong. Okay, apologies. <laughs> um, so, but no, that's an interesting one. And they also then snuck in a live-action remake, which I'm saying through gritted teeth, because mm. I, I don't see the point in these. I know it's all to do with licensing and rights, but... I don't think we needed a live-action remake of Pinocchio, especially when there's a um, Guillermo del Toro one coming out as well, isn't there? There is a stop-motion one, yeah, which I'm much more interested in watching. But Robert Zemeckis's Pinocchio starring Tom Hanks is yep. now out. Again, mm-hmm. I am not a live-action Disney fan at the moment. Mm. Um, I remember watching The Lion King, and that's still animated. That's not live-action. Um, yeah, that's true. That's almost 100% CGI, isn't it? Yeah, it's in the live yeah. action, my ass. Yeah, but it it's, is. you know, they are remaking these films, and I guess it is for the next generation of Disney kids. But for fans of the original, and again, the original 
Disney animation is so iconic. Yeah. I guess it depends how they do it, right? I mean, if they're just going to do a straightforward remake, let's say, as in this case, then yeah, there's, it's purely a financial exercise, right? They've got an existing property and here they can mine it and, and remake it. Whereas, in fairness, uh, you know, Cruella, for example, actually wasn't bad. But it wasn't a remake. And it wasn't, a, but it, no, but it was taken in a, like a, a property that they had. You know. True, true. I really enjoyed Cruella and I'm glad there's yeah. another one. Yeah, so... I think if they when they find different things to do with those properties that they have, I'm more interested. If it's just a straightforward remake, then yeah, what's wrong with the original? Mm-hmm. And again, I I don't have a problem with remakes in principle, but they just seem to be, let's say, wasting opportunities to do something a bit different. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with yeah. you on that. Um. It's not a film I've watched. It's not one I'm particularly interested in watching. Obviously, Robert Zemeckis' earlier films, the Back to the Future trilogy, Roger Rabbit, even probably up to Forrest Gump, far more interesting, far more entertaining. I think he's really kind of not... um, Hitting the mark? Yeah, I think his last few films, you know, have have just kind of missed it, really. Um, I'd love to see him get back obviously this is primarily live action with some cgi but i'd love to see him get back into just proper doing films. some a proper yeah proper films i'd like to see him do forrest gump 2 something like that like, jo- like jokes that, yeah. aside i sort of said that a bit tongue-in-cheek but do you know what i'd love to see what forrest gump would be up to now obviously jenny's dead so that's well fine. there was there was a book was sequel, there written by the original author you know i, I can't called, read so i don't know why you're I asking think- Tell me about books. I think it was called Gump and Co. Oh, because of the shrimp. Yeah, and um, I believe they they did try and get that, you know, done as a film, but it just kind of never came together. But yeah, leave behind all the kind of... I I say leave behind all the CGI trickery, but back in the day, Back to the Future had plenty of special effects. Or we could get him to do Back to the Future 4. Well... Over Bob Gale's dead body is the Not quote. Not that we want a Back to the Future for, but, but <laughs> yeah, I'd rather get him to do that. I'd rather see him go back to something like that, or, or like a Roger Rabbit sequel, which again was was kind of in development for a long Who time. Who would you happened. see play? Is it Bob Hope? Bob Hoskins. Bob Hoskins, close. Mm. So I saw an article the other, well, a video the other day of Eddie Murphy. Mm. Eddie Murphy turned down Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Did he? And it came from him himself. He said this. And now he watches it and he's like, ah, oh, shit. You know, that would have been brilliant. Mm. <laughs> he sort of read the script and went, animation did it? Nah, no, I'm not doing that. Bob Hoskins. Bob Hoskins. Who could be a new Bob Hoskins? I could throw in a joke answer. I think Zach Galifianakis. Oh, I was going to say Tom Hardy. Because the way he acts in the Venom films is like oh, he's yeah. fighting a an invisible cartoon character. So he, uh, yeah, I see what you mean. Do you know I mean, what I pick, mean? Pick so anybody like, from Marvel, they only react to green screens. So, well, yeah. that's true, yeah. No, um, I, I take your point there. I do take your point there, but it'd be somebody like Zach Galifianakis or... Oh, it'd be fucking James Corden, wouldn't it? Oh, Christ. Fucking hell. Yeah, let's... Let's, let's move on. We don't want 
we don't want Roger Rabbit to. No. Let's move on. Yes, yeah, so they had they dropped um, a little a new animated series of Cars, which we mentioned before, which brings back the original stars. Not watched any yet, but I might might take a dip in in some of those. I think I'll watch Cars three first, and depending on how I feel after that, okay, I might give it a go. Because yes, as we talked about before, Cars has been received as one of the worst in the Pixar franchise, mm-hmm. and. Cars 1 came out when I was much younger. I enjoyed it, obviously. Cars yeah. 2 came out slightly older. Mm, yeah. Didn't enjoy it. Cars 3 came out as an adult. I haven't seen it. Mm. So, yeah. That's you fair. know, That's fair. Mr. The Cable Guy. <laughs> <clears throat> so then they brought out uh, an, a 10-minute-ish preview, let's say, of Andor, which had um, kind of split five minutes of behind-the-scenes stuff. Which, going back to what we're talking about with the volume, this really, yes, there's some green screen and there's some volume stuff in there, but you, they, they're really they're going to real locations. That's cool. You know, there's stuff. I believe it was shot in the UK, uh, and there's stuff where they're going like out. There's scenes that are taking place on, like at reservoirs and like dams. You know, they're kind of scaling down the wall of the dam kind of thing and and it's like a real one it's you know it's not in a studio kind of thing right okay um, and you can tell they're really out there on location or on ex you know sets that are outdoors um and i think visually it's going to look a lot lot different um to the to the other star wars series that have come so far which is good because they all do look a bit samey at the moment Okay, fair enough. Moving on. Anything else? Anything else from Disney Day? Well, the Queen died, if I hadn't mentioned it. So, mm. you know, I was a bit too busy paying my respects. I'm sure you were. No. I, you know, it's... it. Uh, not a political podcast. Let's not upset anybody. We've definitely done that by now. <laughs> but no. Um, yeah. I mean, nah, I mean, it was, it was okay. I mean, there was nothing unexpected... No, and no. you know, we—I think we all said Thor's going to drop. In fact, you could probably find me saying it. Well, it was announced anyway. I mean, there were there were no surprises, right? That's they it. No surprises. Was, they, they said what was going to be launched and released, and and it was. They did do a a couple of promotions, so I think you could get like a month for a pound or something like that. Oh, okay, right, and. Yeah. Or like a pound thirty or something, and I'm convinced they did fifty percent no free delivery on Shop Disney. Oh, okay. which I know a few yes. friends took full advantage of. Right. Um, okay. But yeah, I mean, eh, it, is what, it is what it is. Yeah. yeah. Cool. There was one. There was one thing I saw, and I don't know whether it was. I don't think it was launched as part of Disney Plus Day, but it was just something I found on there when I just was just flicking around. There's a documentary series from last year, uh, National Geographic. Um, called 9-11 One Day in America. Right. And it's, I think, five or six episodes, about an hour each, um, looking at, obviously, the uh, uh, terrorist attacks on September 11th, 2001. So, obviously, last year it would have been made as part of the 20th anniversary. Mm. Um, And it's an interesting one. It's kind of not quite in real time, but certainly the first episode basically follows the the first hour or so of of the attacks in in almost real time and it's 
it's good because it's we've had a lot of documentaries that have kind of that have interviewed politicians, right, and and you know military people and terrorism experts and all that kind of thing. And what this one does is it interviews people who were in the towers, survivors, obviously survivors, um, firemen, police, the people who were like the first responders straight there, straight up into the buildings to try and get people out. Uh, it uses a lot of um, footage, like from both television news footage, people who were in the area with cameras. And obviously this was back before the day of like high quality camera yeah. phones, right? So so it's all kind of VHS quality stuff. And there's some TV news footage on there. Luckily, in, in, in a sense, th- when the attacks were going on, one of the local fire crews were actually being followed by a documentary crew. Wow. That morning, just going about their day-to-day tasks because they were just making a documentary about the fire crew, right? And literally, there's a shot of them holding like a gas meter, a gas monitor detector thing over a, over a, a, a manhole cover. Uh, and then you hear the roar of an engine and the camera looks up as the plane flies over and hits the first tower. That's terrifying. And and, and all the fire crew were like, shit, we need to go, right? So from then on, this documentary crew followed this, this team and this particular team commander like for the rest of the day. Wow. So he's interviewed throughout the whole series and there's the footage of him like doing the things he's talking about as he's been interviewed. So from 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 that point of view, it's like an incredible like you're really there with them. Mm-hmm. They're not just talking about it. The camera crew were there every step of the way kind of thing. Okay. And there's there's some incredible stories. Some of the stuff you've probably heard before if you if you've watched other documentaries. But there's just some really interesting little I don't want to kind of <laughs> say it's exciting stuff but but interesting little well, tidbits of information and considering like i think we've been you know b- being based in the uk it was reported quite quite heavily over here obviously yeah and we've had a lot of reports and television programs about it over the like say the last 20 years yeah, yeah. so i guess it's something it's strange seeing it from a new perspective considering everything is already out there yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. I, I I would probably not watch that personally. Um, no, that's fair. It's not for it's, it, No, so. it's it's still harrowing. Um, it's hard going. Yeah. It is hard going. Some of the stuff obviously is that there's nothing in the footage that's that's explicit. Let's say, but listening to the stories and yeah. listening to them describe it, 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 a lot of it is hard going. But it is fascinating and it, as okay. i say it gives a different insight a kind of smaller scale hmm. not the whole geopolitical war on terror sure, sure. level but like the people who were there people the people who were working in the buildings that level of individual stories is really interesting okay if that's your kind of thing <laughs> well so let's break that conversation up let's We'll move on to our interview then, which yes. is with uh, recorded a week or so ago now, actually, as as we're recording this one, with with Warren. Um, initially, 
Warren is being helped or by a, a very chatty child <laughs> who mysteriously disappears. I'm not going to <laughs> speculate on, on how or where. Um, but it's um, really interesting. Uh, it's about half an hour long. Um, grab yourself so, a brew. Grab a brew. Enjoy. And we'll we'll see you in a bit. Joining us then for a, for a chat today is Warren Bedensky, who is a collector of movies, which is a, is a given. I think that's probably why, why we're all here. Um, but also of autographs, which is, I guess, yeah, some, something that is fairly common. You, you obviously see the queues of people lining up at things like Comic-Con to, to get their autographs, but it's it's maybe not something that's, as, as a community, it is kind of maybe not not so well known and and, uh, and and I think it'd be interesting to get some ideas from you Warren on what this involves and, and how it all started so why don't you start by just giving a bit of background and and kind of what got you on to collecting autographs in the first place uh, it's actually quite a weird story where um, my autograph obsession started with my first job from school mm. so in year 10 or 11 when you're about 15 uh, we did work experience so the school um get you to go work somewhere for a week basically and usually you just sit around and do nothing because like uh, jobs don't really have anything for teenagers to do yeah and nothing was taking my fancy but in the town that we lived in uh there was an autograph store a store just sold autographs and um, they did work experience for school kids. That's and cool. One of the teachers found that and was like, you like film? This would be perfect for you. <laughs> so I applied for that and like did a week there and then got the job. And it all kind of started right there. And um, one of the other things was the owner of the place, um, he supplied guests for the shows, so things like memorabilia um, and, like, I think London Film Comic Con, a couple of those kinds of shows mm. he actually um, supplied guests for, so they would do a signing in the store um, as well. And I think the first person I saw do a signing was, I think, Doug Bradley. Mm. Oh, wow. Okay. So definitely tapping into Mark's obsession with Hellraiser here, so this is going well. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't call it an, an obsession, but but yes, it's going well. Yeah. I mean, okay, <laughs> okay. So was he your what? Well, I, I guess if you were buying autographs in advance, then from, from these stores and so on, um, I guess how how can you trust that an autograph is genuine if you've not kind of seen it signed yourself? Yeah, um, yeah. So there's a lot of like con artists, obviously, out there. You know, eBay's the worst. Well, yeah, I got I got stung on eBay once. once. Um, yeah, a lot of preprints show up there. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was... Uh, oh, I'm not sure if it's still the same now, but there was um, a couple of governing bodies that sort of regulated autograph dealerships. Uh, the one that we had back, at, back in the day was UACC, which was like the Authorised um, Autograph Collectors Club, I think stood for. And um, they basically are sort of like governed by that go and check... Uh, stores and things and they had certain rules like um all your autographs had to be um attained in person right you know you'd be able to track them down and they'd usually take um sample sizes as well from some of the stores and check them out and if they ever flagged anything as false then that was it membership was revoked 
Okay. You know, you can um, trade under it anymore. So harking back to your work experience, was it autographs just on pieces of paper or was it like signed memorabilia and things like that? Because I noticed in our local Costco, they've started selling signed like the shirts, football shirts, but like a signed plaque underneath. Yeah, so we had uh, football shirts. Football shirts are quite common because they usually come from the clubs themselves. Right. Yeah, a lot of football stuff because they, the players are quite heavily yeah. regulated on what they can sign and stuff. Some of them are um, not sponsored. Mm. But the clubs tend to say they do like shirts with collections on and the teams on and things. But yeah, for a lot of the film memorabilia, it was generally um, promotional photographs. Okay. So we had the odd posters and things. Uh, but usually it was um, 10 by 8s uh, sort of signed. So usually the older things tended to be on like little art cards and stuff because the autograph market wasn't sort of really about when it was sort of like the 50s, 60s and things. No, quite right. So it'd be people getting it in person, getting it signed on little you know, little art cards or little um, pieces of paper. And they're usually the ones that are framed up with a picture and then it's just the card itself that's signed. Um, so one question I had was because I'm... I've I've collected some autographs in the past, but it's not really my main thing. So I've been to Comic Con a few times, um, met Lance Henriksen from Alien and other things. So he signed my Alien um, anthology Blu-ray, which is pretty cool. So that was done in person, had a photo of him, blah blah blah. But where I tend to collect autographs is music. So um, I've got a few signed vinyls and. My question was, how do you feel about sort of pre-ordering that media and it and it's signed by the artist or you know actor ahead of time, not really in person, it then just gets shipped out. How do you feel about that sort about that sort of stuff? Um, back when I was younger, I was kind of excited by anything being signed by people, but the more that I've sort of collected, the more I I rather get it in person these days. If uh, that makes sense, it does. But so I I sort of ask because. The, my most recent one, um, I'm a huge Muse fan, like favourite band of all time, and I've never been able to track anything down signed by Muse, or if you do, it's crazy money. But the most recent album, The Will of the People, um, they did signed art cards. So it was for me, it was my first piece of signed Muse merch, which I was just, you know, elated over. Um, so it was the first time I sort of, I would never be able to bump into that band. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I mean, that's really cool. I actually did the same with um, Clive Barker. It's when cool. Scarlet Gospels was coming out, you know, it seemed like he was very much on Death's Door and I pre-ordered that and it sits nicely on my shelf all signed up. So it's not, yeah, so I say like as a general rule of thumb, it's not as exciting, but there's still people, you know, you're never going to get the chance, but at least you you can get something that they've like signed. Yeah. So I think it's still um, still quite exciting. Uh, for the people that you know like you said news bands are impossible uh, if i could get a couple of the bands even just pre-ordering it then that'd be uh amazing so i've i've, I've got a couple of questions around the, the kind of community right the kind of collector's mm. community so is there so it's something i've never been particularly into i've got a couple of signed um steel books that are signed by the artists who did them you know and, and things like that but that but that, that's kind of it really um is there Anything along the lines of, you know, kind of swaps and trading, like, you know, you've got an autograph, someone else really wants it, they've got something you've been trying to get hold of for a while. Is is there that kind of thing going on in terms of like either online through forums or at, at 
various get-togethers and, and shows and things? Uh, yeah, I definitely say there's um, elements of that happening. I think a lot of um, people who know each other well, because mm. trust is like a big issue in the yeah yeah this community. So you know, it's usually the people who have made like long-term relationships. Or um, so my world's more from the professionals side of things, and I have mm. seen them do uh, trades for particular stuff because some people, you know, just specialize in getting certain, or they just know where to get certain people. Mm. And others, you know, struggle and they do trades for each other. But yeah, yeah I think it happens. Um, definitely. I know I've traded with a couple of friends on a few things. So I've managed to get hold of a few um, pieces that they can't. And they've got some that I am. And that, is there that kind of thing where if if you're going to be at a particular event that, that somebody else can't make, you can get stuff signed for them and then you kind of send it to them does that kind of thing go on as well uh yeah so uh, my personal experience has just been um the friends that i've had to have gone to places that i haven't yeah. made it to so like ken kazinger was at um a show that i couldn't get to and i gave my friend my like uh, freddy versus jason dvd cover to get signed oh, fantastic i managed to give posters to my boss to get signed i got a nice devil's rejects one. Oh wow <laughs> cool that's <laughs> cool okay show with Sid Haig, Bill Mosley, Ken Foray. Oh, right. Okay. Um, my boss was good friends with Ken Foray. So he's like, I'll definitely get you Ken's signature, but the yeah. others, you're going to have to like chance it. Yeah. But that's cool. <laughs> Whatever you can get. And he got me everybody but Ken Foray. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so in, in terms of, because obviously you hear of, um, there might be some auction that goes up where some huge megastar or, or someone who's long dead, right? Where there's a, mm. there's a built-in rarity to anything of their signature. You'll, you'll hear like an auction at Sotheby's or somewhere where mm. the people pay hundreds of thousands of pounds for a signed something document or other. But in, mm. in general terms, for the kind of things that you're collecting and, and kind of in the community, how or do you even try, but how, how do you kind of put a value on, on some of these? Is it something, for example, you know, is your collection insured, for example? You know, is there a way to value it in that in that sense? Uh, there are ways to it. Mine isn't because I'm terrible with stuff like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> and when I got them, I sort of like was in with these people and <laughs> so I can always get another one. And yeah. Yeah. Now, now, actually, um, some of these are probably very much worth insuring. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, yeah, uh, rarity seems to be the big um, thing on sort of working out prices. Like everybody sort of goes online. Um, who was it? What's it? Oh, God, I've forgotten their name now. But they used to be their the sort of go-to autograph people in London. Hmm. Like their head offices were in London, and they always had like the top 100 autograph prices listed. Right. And it all comes down to basically like rarity and sometimes even this type of signature and the pen that it's signed with. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. It can very much like if you get, um, like for example, at the shop, we had a bunch of Christian Bales on Dark Knight. Right. And he signed in black and blue pens. So mm. it's a dark image with a dark pen. Can't, can't sell them. No Got one it. wants it. Got it. Yeah. Even though he's a rare signature. Um, but if it's silver or gold on one of those, you know, if it stands out and it's nice mm. and clear, yeah. Okay. Okay. But um, yeah, rarity tends to 
be the big thing. So like uh, Madonna was always expensive because sure. she understood the value of her signature and she wanted to keep it that sort of way. Mm. Yeah. Um, Sean Connery was another one who was always expensive. Mm. But um, he was another one who wouldn't sign many things to people. And he only exclusively signed Bond through his charity because he had a charity. Oh, okay. So him on a Bond was very rare because you could only get it through his charity. Right, yeah. right. So this is somewhere that I have. <clears throat> so this is somewhere that I have a little bit of experience, and this comes back mm. to eBay. I big Hugh Jackman fan, mm. and I remember one day scrolling through eBay late at night, going, "I guess see if there's any signed Wolverine merchandise," mm. and happened to come across a photo of him in the Wolverine. It was signed and it was apparently authenticated. Mm. Turns out it wasn't, as you can expect from eBay. Mm. But it yeah. was one of the, I don't know how well you know Hugh Jackman's signature, but I realised he used to sign quite, you know, his full name. Mm. But then he started to basically do like an H and a J because at premieres, everyone was putting things out in front of him. Yeah. So sure. it's interesting that you know, you're saying how rare, um, same person, but two different signatures in two different parts of their career, potentially, you know, pre-X-Men, Hugh Jackman, probably not mm. worth much, but it's his whole name. Yeah. Same um, thing with the image. Um, we had the same thing with Orlando Bloom. He used to do a nice big signature. And then when he started blowing up, it changed to just basically an OB. Yeah. <laughs> so in the news, well, I can't remember what it was now, maybe a couple of months ago, you might remember um, Tom Cruise and his wife, Rita Wilson, was accosted at like a, an airport, I think it was, or a hotel. This is the fact checking elf. Please stand by for a fact check. Fact check. Incoming. Dan is referring to an incident involving Tom Hanks, not Tom Cruise. That's Tom Hanks, not Tom Cruise. Thank you. And it looked like a bunch of autograph hunters. Mm. Now, from what, you know, from the you know, 10 minutes or so we've been talking, I can, I've, I've sort of made an assumption that you're not a chap to harangue actors and actresses at, you know, doors and, you know, just shoving things in their faces. How how do you feel when you see that sort of stuff in the media? Does it wind you up as a you know an, an honest, decent collector? You know, given autograph hunters a bad name, kind of thing. Yeah, like there's definitely ways to go about it. Like, um, I I'm quite shy when I like meet famous people, so like going to a con or something is definitely a thing for me. In real life, it's like I just freeze. But I do think there's a level of sort of like respect you need to give people. You know, it kind of. You know, if they're having dinner with their, you know, with their family and kids. Like, oh, yeah, you know, definitely. It's, just, I like, it's kind of like that social contract where, you know, where you don't want to be bothered. Why do you think these people would be bothered? I know they're like our heroes and we love them and things. And you know, it's very exciting to, like, see them. But you have to, people, I think a lot of people forget they're still people. And it does give, like, autograph hunters a bad name and, you know. I agree, but I think a lot of people do this as a business, and that's oh, the yeah. issue. You know, you can you can tell from how you're talking about this that it, it is a genuine place of love, and you know mm. you're doing it for yourself. Mm. And Mark and I have talked on the podcast before about people who buy steel books as soon as they go out of stock, they start flogging them for you know twenty percent, fifty percent of the markup. You're not a collector if you do that; you're mm. a business. And there are people out there, I can't remember the name of him, but he is a huge British YouTuber who was, I think, trying to buy a signed Messi 
football oh, yeah. football thing for you listeners uh sure and it turns out to be a fake and it was something like five grand oh. you know it just that just made me feel sick to my stomach mm. you know, five grand's a lot of money to a lot of people yeah and uh i hate people who do the the fakes and things as well because one it's like bad for you know everybody who buys those sort of things and it sucks because you you know they think it's just something simple like what people don't know you know won't hurt them but they're always going to come out and it's going to destroy someone because you think mm. you've got something special and it's not and of course when i worked in the business that always you know hurt us like when um even like uh simple things like uh, there was a famous story of victoria beckham walking into an autograph store and claiming that their stuff was fake and it actually turned out she was wrong and they could prove it because <laughs> that's <laughs> not good is it no <laughs> But, it, you know, it, it destroyed the reputation of the store. And then some people that I, I worked for a company and I can't, I don't think I can name them, but um, the boss for that was awful. And he constantly had fakes coming in that we were trying to get rid of, you know, just chuck them in the bin. It's like, this isn't how the business works. And he was just like, ah, oh, it's just business, just money. It was so also it, very terrible at fobbing off customers who actually paid for stuff as well. Sure. I never understand it. So in your collection, obviously, it's, it's, it's mm. worth a lot to you. Um, we're not going to ask to value your collection, don't worry. <laughs> but do you, do you have any particularly rare or what you consider to be valuable ones in collection? And to finish that question, to add another question, which in your collection is your favourite? Oh, um, rare ones I have. Would um, I actually managed to get a Sean Connery on Bond? Wow! Wow! Um, yeah, I worked at a store that absorbed another store's stock, and we could check them, and I found it was legit. Was like, First dibs, please. Thank you very that's, much. That's yeah, brilliant. Yeah, and a Spielberg and George Lucas, which I love. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's got the both of them. It's just a, it's a shot of them. They must be on Raiders or something. It's not the best image in the world, but it's the pair of them. Yeah, <laughs> that's so them. cool. Yeah. So they're like, and of course they don't sign much. They're kind of the most valuable ones I have. I think my favorites are either some of the people that I met. So like Doug Bradley, got a lovely Gunnar Hansen, um, which uh, is very cool. But my favorite is definitely, I think, the Clive Barker. I've got, mm. I've got a couple of books sent by him and one on Lord of Illusions, um, oh, which I love Lord of Illusions. Uh, a lot like more yeah. than most people nice so getting That's a great. signed piece on that was amazing and do you have these kind of on on display or are there are there too many for them all to be up there or do you just have a selection out there we're slowly getting them up i've got hmm. a bunch uh on the wall in our spare bedroom so the missus is quite happy for me to put them up but um when my when i was working at the store i could get stuff framed up for free because i did the framing and hmm. the boss was happy to let me take a frame every now and then mm. so they're in a very specific like black frame cream mount setup and now just slowly trying to buy frames that match yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it's not all different yeah and is there anything because obviously you've said that you've got a couple of fantastic sounding ones that are kind of rare and mm. anyone would kill for is there any that you don't have that you would you know give an arm and a leg for or or or, oh. or a child in exchange for <laughs> yeah there's definitely a few floating 
what ones? I collect a lot of directors. Mm. And then, so um, one I'd love to try and get hold of is like a Takashi Miike. Mm-hmm. Like I can't even like start begin to start to work out how to hunt down Japanese autographs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah. So that's one, and uh, I'd love to get some of my old heroes, like a Schwarzenegger, would be amazing. How to get hold of because he's another person who doesn't sign very often. And now he yeah. started doing digital signatures, which oh. is weird. Like I NFTs think. or no, like um oh he he um he got sent a pipe or something and he sent a letter back being like this is amazing because someone like handcrafted it and he signed it using his like iPad or whatever it was. So he digitally did the letter and digitally like signed it. So it's like, oh it's technically a signature, but it's just a print where you can get it out the other end. Like I don't know how, how that's going to work in the future. It'll be mm. interesting to see. I can but. see how people might go down the NFT route, though. Just sort of, well, mm. maybe, maybe not maybe yeah. not specifically NFTs, but but some kind of blockchain. Because as things go digital, yeah, you are going to need some way of authenticating them, aren't they? Aren't you? Mm. So make sure that they're genuine. If you don't, if it's not a physical thing, there needs to be some kind of authentication. Yeah. So, so when when stuff is kind of shown to be fake, mm. I mean, what's the comeback on that? Do, do you have any comeback, or do you just bin it and put it down to you know experience, and hopefully you won't get caught out next time? What what's? Yeah. I suppose um, it depends like, where you get them from. Whether yeah. So like, um, if anything, back in the day was UACC that mm. came with a lifetime guarantee. Right. So if you got it authenticated independently and it flagged up false um you could get the money back mm. but i think most places that you end up going you know a lot of stores don't have you know um money back guarantees or they give you only like 10 days or something like that's a red flag to begin with yeah but yeah if you're buying privately and things i don't think there's much uh recourse i think yeah it just ends up with experience you know, i had that on ebay a couple of times where I bought presents back in the day and it's like oh it's a preprint. you look at the fine print and you're like yeah nothing you can do about it yeah it's like, it's like selling a photo of a graphics card that was going around yeah. a couple of years the last year with the new nvidia 3000 um but yeah that's that's exactly what happened to me on ebay and um, the other authentication i'm i've got in my head is who show masters uses beckett's i think it is oh i yeah. it, it's it's come it's, to me at the top of my head that might be completely wrong but I'm convinced it's Beckett's authentication. Yeah, it, it, that might be right. So there's a few companies. Aftel was another one. That was a good one, uh, I think. Yeah. But, uh, I, yeah. I happened to pre-order a Christopher Lloyd signature Ooh. from Showmasters in London about four years ago. And I've now noticed that his price has doubled. So I'm glad I did it when I did. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think from personally, I, I've got nowhere to put these these posters and these autographs so it's it I, I love having signed stuff but it's just where to put it categorize yeah. it you know i struggle with my steel books and blu-rays and stuff but um yeah that's pretty cool <laughs> yeah that's sort of why i started getting into my dvd covers because my missus is always trying to get rid of my dvds and if i get them signed <laughs> we can keep them 
<laughs> Fair enough. Them. That's a good trade. <laughs> that is that is very smart thinking. Very make, smart. Make them thinking. more valuable, and I get yeah. to keep them. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah I've got, I just need hundreds of autographs now, and and, yeah. and I'll be fine. <laughs> Sorted. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's fantastic. So, um, in, in terms of your collecting, then are you kind of are you fairly choosy around what kind of things you go for? Um, or are you always on the lookout for for new stuff? Uh, I've become more choosy now. Mm. When I was younger and had way more access, I uh, was way uh, way more into just getting anyone that I just liked. So now I got uh, like I got Michael Madsen because you know I love Kill Bill. Like mm. <laughs> I hadn't seen him in much else, but it turned out you know I actually do like Michael Madsen. So that that lucked out. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, Reservoir Dogs is amazing. Blood Rain, well, well the less said, the better. <laughs> um, yeah, way more choose. Like now, it's just people who really inspire me and things, or like people I've loved, or if I get the chance to meet someone, you know. So, like, um, like I love Michael Bean, mm. and he showed up at one of the Comic Cons back when his movie The Victim came out. Yep. And uh, yeah, so I had to go and get that signed. And then get Lena Heavey on um, Dread. That's all oh, right. Oh, cool. <laughs> okay. I, I, I sub- do you? No, I did have a question, and it's gone. <laughs> ah, so an age thing. See, so yeah, I'll, 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 I'll save it, Mark. Don't Go worry. On. I haven't got one either. No, I'm. <laughs> I'm kidding. I. That's the. What, this is. It's more of a conversation point. I'm surprised hmm. that we haven't seen the likes of Zavi <laughs> jump on this kind of bandwagon of mark and i were talking on the last episode about um the special edition versions of the new mcu movies and as i put it it comes with extra shit i'm Mm. surprised they haven't jumped on the bandwagon of including you know pre-printed signatures and some of their mcu stuff but i guess Mm. the art the actor would have to have some sort of um not payoff payoff's the wrong word but if their signature is being included in the you know packaging you'd expect them to have a bit of a kickback yeah i imagine that there'd probably be something to do with marketing or something that has to go through that on an official thing like that so you sell them as autographs there's a there's a different like gray area because obviously they don't usually get kicked back in actual stores other than like you know if it was done at a show or something then they've been paid (laughs) yeah but but yeah I, i think you I don't think I know HMV for a while did their points thing where you could earn enough. I remember HMV Pure. Yes. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. You could save up points and get autographed merch and things, couldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. The only issue with it was when we were. We did the math and the points, and it's like this is about ten times more than (laughs) tracking it down and buying it. I remember a pack of Watchmen like pin badge buttons, and I've still got them somewhere, turned out to be something like £50. Uh, like you, you'd spent fifty pounds in store, and you know back mm. then you spent a lot of money in HMV. Mm. Now a lot less, mm. but um, mm. yeah. Anyway, less said about that, the better. Yeah, I remember. Um, God, when Zavi was Virgin, do you remember that? Yep. They yeah, used to yeah. do a couple of in-store signings. I met the band Ash through that. that God, that's a blast again. from the past. Ash and I think Little Mix. Oh wow! Mark, Mark's a big fan. All, all the, to, all the top, 
all, all the top names there. Yeah. <laughs> I know HMV have started doing that again now, but then again, HMV is probably the only, um, the only high street retailer for music, oh. isn't it? Music specific. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Because I, yeah. I met Enter Shikari at HMV in, yeah. in my town. Cool. I uh, I miss Slipknot at a signing somewhere. Oh, don't I love Slipknot? Yeah, uh, my friends went. One of them managed to get it signed by ten people. It was <laughs> the oh, tenth in the nine members of Slipknot. I think uh, <laughs> I think it was Sid signed it twice. I could see that. And they got to Corey and he's like, "Hang on a second, what's this?" And then they like all took the piss. <laughs> so we hired a new guy. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. pretty cool. I said, I'm, I'm a me. big Slipknot fan. Of one of the other ones I killed for was um, Hideo Kojima went to a HMV. So like, that's another signature. That and Slipknot. There's the two more that's like, I oh, contemplate that's selling a child pretty for. Awesome. <laughs> that's well, pretty cool, Warren. That, that's, that's, that's been fantastic, Warren. Um, I've learned a lot, to be quite yeah, honest. Absolutely. And it's, it's, it's been it, nice talking to somebody who has a passion for this that isn't one of these people you see on YouTube ruining the day of others. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, no, it's been great. There's, yeah. There's a lot of stuff we've covered there. And, and, um, and as Dan said, I've, I've learned a lot because I'm, I'm kind of unfamiliar with the whole kind of, how do you make sure it's authentic and all that kind of thing. Um, so ju- just briefly before we finish, hmm. one of the other things that you um, do, let's say is, is, you're you work in independent film, right? You're a producer yeah. and and director uh, of a couple of films that have made it to um, the big streaming services, um, Amazon and, and and Netflix. So, what I'd like to do is is kind of get you back for another chat sometime soon, um, and maybe we can um, just go over some of that because I'd be really interested in kind of finding out how as an indie filmmaker you can kind of go about getting the funding and distribution and and how indeed you you get onto those streaming services and and things like that um so if that's something you you're free to do sometime i think that'd be a really fascinating conversation to have yeah absolutely fantastic fantastic i think um just just to close off i think dan has has one other question that he's He's been dying to ask, so um, yeah, I'll I, hand I, back I, to Dan. Thanks, Mark. So this might be the hardest question that you've probably asked, been asked in your life, and to be honest, Warren. So I do apologise if this puts you on the spot. Okay. But if you were a flavour of crisps, what flavour would you be? Ooh, that is a hard question. I told you. I did pre. I did preface <laughs> it with this is a tricky one. Yeah, it seems easy on the surface, and it's like, right. Yeah, exactly. See, Mark forgot to ask the the gent at Plumeria Pictures this, and I was livid. He was. <laughs> he was. Oh dear. Um, I reckon maybe smoky bacon. <gasps> That's good, a good choice. I mean, a, a cracking choice. That is a good um, choice. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, Warren, <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time to come talk to us today. We really appreciate it. Ah, thank you for inviting me. Anytime. Thanks, Warren. <laughs> Right then, that was Warren. So, uh, as thank I you, mentioned, Warren. yes, thank you indeed. Now, as I mentioned in there, uh, Warren's also an indie filmmaker, um, so he's going to come back uh, in a future episode uh, and talk about some of the stuff he does there in terms of indie film production and the practicalities and the the what's, the why's, the who's, and the wherefores 
of of that. And I look forward to history. that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think that's going to be a really good one. Okay, so, so let's move back let's... to Disney because we haven't heard enough about them over the last hundred years. Um, Disney ran, I think it's annual, mm-hmm. their annual expo over the, uh, the weekend just gone as we're recording. Yep. Um, called D23. Mm-hmm. I think it was held in Anaheim this year. I think that's where they have it all the time. I think oh, okay, cool. So, you know, the, the birthplace of Disneyland, the theme park, and I'm very excited to talk about some of that stuff later. Yep. I've yep. been allowed. Do we, know why it's, do we know why it's called D23? Uh, I don't, off the top of my head. I just thought it was the 23rd one. No, it's always been called D23. I didn't know uh, that. Do you know? I think it is because it is the year that Walt Disney founded the company. That would make sense because it's the 100th anniversary next year. Yeah. So, um, yes. Anyway, so do continue. So, so yeah, big expo. um, Lots of showcasing of new films, um, theme park stuff, as I said. And lots of special guests come, basically, and have have a chat on stage at panels. A bit like Comic-Con or Star Wars Celebration, but purely Disney-based IPs and things. Mm -hmm. So what what did we have? Well, we had um, various panels across the weekend. I think it's two or three days. Mm -hmm. And... First off, let's round up some new live action stuff. So, yep. they are. It was no su- surprise or secret, but Hocus Pocus Two has yeah, a release date I, now. I think there was a teaser for that, wasn't there, a yeah. couple of months ago? Yeah. The the eagerly awaited Hocus Pocus Two. I mean, that's like a twenty year old film, twenty five year old film, isn't it? So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a popular one. It's... Yeah, I watch it, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, what else do we have? Right, this one I feel completely unnecessary. Yeah. Mufasa, Lion King. Yeah. Follow Mufasa's rise to fame, kingdom, reign, whatever. Yeah. We don't need it. No, it's the same director who did the quote-unquote live-action Lion King. Uh, <sighs> anyway. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's like we were saying, isn't it? It's like, just do something... With Lion King, right? There was the original. There were then two or three animated sequels. Then there's been the the remake. I don't know that we need any more Lion King. Uh, we don't. That's the answer. We don't. Yeah. So moving on. Anyway, yeah. Um, go on. The next line of the Disney Princess remake, live action remakes, is oh. the Little Mermaid, and we had the first teaser glimpse of um, of that. And yep. I mean. Like anything at the moment with Disney, it's had some fantastic response and it's had some terrible response from scummy humans, but we're not going to go yep. into that. Yep. Yeah. Um, again, yeah, people complaining about the stupidest fucking thing. Sorry, but but they are. It's like you're complaining about the skin colour of a mermaid. <laughs> a fictional being. Right. <laughs> what colour their skin is, is the last of your worries if those things are real. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's it's the same as it's the same with the freaking hobbits and Lord of the Rings. It's like it's uh, you know it's 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 not it's fictional. They don't exist. It's, it's fictional. They could be bright pink <laughs> for, for all I care. Um, that that aside, again, I'm not that massively bothered. It's you know yeah, a, a live action. Heavy CG remake of um, 
an existing film, fair play. I'm sure it'll be popular. Now, yeah. my favourite thing that they <laughs> re-announced, I suppose, but it sort of reminds everybody that it was happening, is a Haunted Mansion film. Mm. Now, I think it was 2003, we had an Eddie Murphy starring one. Oh, there was, wasn't there? Yeah, I think it was okay. 2003. I knew it was early yeah. 2000s. But yeah. this time, there, I don't think it's a remake. But I think this one's going to go down the lore of the Haunted Mansion a bit more. Okay. And, and as a big fan of, of the ride, it's it's going to be you know great for somebody like me who's a big fan of that IP. Uh-huh. But the thing they confirmed, and she arrived on stage in a Doom buggy, which is the ride vehicle that takes you around the rides, <laughs> was Jamie Lee Curtis. I didn't know she was in this at all. No, okay. But she's playing a, a very, very famous character from the ride, so I'm right. I've got faith in this film. There's a certain uh, stamp of approval that you would hope for when you get someone like Jamie Lee Curtis. I agree. We we were talking about that last night, me and my other half, about what well, we've just started watching Severance. Okay. And right. on Apple TV Plus, and Christopher Walken's in it, and I said to well, yeah, we were talking saying. Oh, I think this is going to be okay if he's put his name to it. Mm, yeah. And, you know, took the job. So, yeah. yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis is in it. Looking forward to seeing that. I think it's a next year jobby. Okay, okay. Well, let's, yeah, I'll go. I'll, I'll be interested. Let's see until they release a, a trailer for the yeah, public. Yeah, And let's go from there. Right, let's blitz through the Marvel stuff because there's loads. There's a lot of Marvel okay, stuff. Okay, you, you take one, I take one. Right, it's, it's, it's the news at 10. Bong, okay. bong, 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 bong. Matt Shackman has been confirmed as the director for Fantastic Four. So we were talking about that in the last episode around... It's not really how headlines work, but that's okay. Anyway, that's fine. Um, <laughs> and we were talking about that in the last episode around the fact that he had left the Star Trek sequel and the rumour struck expectation was that was because he was moving to Fantastic Four. And it was that's correct. Been, and that was correct. That's been confirmed. Um what hasn't been confirmed yet, uh, despite many rumours around to the contrary, was that the cast would be announced. Um, but Kevin Feige basically said there is no more news on that yet. So all these YouTube and Twitter and Reddit scoopers who were... I got sucked pr- into this, to be fair. My, my proudly, proudly confirming what would be announced... All were thankfully gleefully made to look like absolute fucking idiots, <laughs> and and promptly shut the fuck up. Uh, a couple even deleted their Twitter accounts in shame. Oh gosh, which is which is the least they could do. It's a shame yours is still going. Anyway, yeah. the next the next bit, um, <laughs> the attendees were hmm. treated to footage slash trailers from yeah. Ant Man three, Black yep. Panther two, mm-hmm. Iron Heart, uh-huh. Echo. Uh-huh. Loki season two, uh-huh. and the Marvels. All of the those descriptions that came out sounded fantastic, and I mean we we've, we've seen no in the wider network of humanity hmm. haven't seen anything. Marvel have kept it under wraps, other than a Black Panther two trailer. But that's, that's already all... that, wasn't that already out? Yeah, yeah, well, but we've we are, not then. seen anything else. No. Of, of, we've not had a second trailer and we've seen nothing of the others. No. Now, I would hope 
that means we're going to get at least an Ant-Man 3 trailer soon and a trailer for the Marvels soon. Because um, if they've got enough footage to show at D23, you know, well, I think let's have it. I've been to a Disney Star Wars convention. I went to Star Wars Celebration well, about six years ago. Okay. And some panels got to see like the first two episodes of the new Star Wars uh, Rebels, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Whereas in other panels, they did literally a 30-second snippet of the next film. I think it was Rogue right. One at the time. Oh, and, right, okay. You know, 30 seconds, it's not much. But it sent the roof off kind of thing. So we say, you know, they've had a trailer, they've had footage. They could have literally had a snippet, you know. It, and, and some of it was, to be fair, I think. Some of it was. But but there was certainly, from, from the descriptions, some of it does sound very exciting. Um, I'm excited. You're excited. We're all bloody all excited. excited. Um, I'm excited. Um, now there's been a little bit more news out around Captain America New World Order. So, yeah, this is Captain America 4. 4, yeah. And it's obviously it's Sam Wilson's yep. official outing as... Uh-huh. Official first outing. Official well, no, debut no, it in was a Captain film. America, I, in a... I, let me bloody finish then. <laughs> I'm doing this properly. Go on. It's his debut outing in a feature film as Captain America. Mark, you Correct. may continue. Correct. You know, that was... This, Painful. This, well, this has been described by the director as a paranoid thriller. So that sounds interesting. Doesn't it? Um, it does have the return of Isaiah Bradley. Yeah, which boy. I think when we were talking before about Captain about Falcon and Winter Soldier, I said, you know, I thought that the storyline w- was too baggy and I would have preferred it to focus on Isaiah Bradley and those additional super soldiers agreed that that didn't get the publicity that captain america got uh they were basically experimented on so it looks the fact that he's back hopefully they're going to at least um go into that story a little bit more uh we also get I, this one surprised me in that this, we're getting tim blake nelson is coming back as samuel stearns who was a character who appeared way back in The Incredible Hulk. Which is um, it's now has been confirmed as part of the MCU, we, basically. Well, all, I mean, it always has been, because like Tony Stark appeared in it as well. That's true. But it was one of the very first MCU films. I think it was like the maybe the third MCU film. Was it not? Was Okay, wasn't Iron Man the first Marvel Studios produced film? Yeah. And then this one had, wasn't. No, this was Marvel Studios produced, but released by Universal. That's it. So, right. So, that's why Iron Man started it all. But no, this is the first one. So, this came out around the same time as Iron Man 2 in the chronology. It's around that era. So, it's like the third or fourth film. Um, And, yeah, this, this character, Samuel Stearns, a.k.a. the leader... Is is injured towards the end of the film, and he is infected, or he's he's got a cut, and some of Bruce Banner's blood gets into it, and starts to mutate him. Where have we seen that before recently? Yeah, indeed. So he then becomes this character, the leader. So he's coming back, uh, which is interesting. Let's see how. Yeah. 
a character from the Hulk world kind of thing is going to affect what's going on with with Captain America. Um, so, but that's all they said. Yep. Obviously, it's not side filming yet, but but at least we've got a couple of uh, characters confirmed. Moving on to Marvel's answer to the Suicide Squad. Yeah, Thunderbolts has been confirmed, and the casting has basically been confirmed. And who who is part of the Thunderbolts? So we've got. Julia Louis 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 or Louise Louis ah Julia Louis Dreyfus is back as Valentina we kind of knew that was happening is back uh, as who sorry Valentina Valentina who Allegra de Fontaine thank you why does it matter we know she's quite fussy about it she's Val anyway um, Red Guardians back so David Harbour this one this one yeah I loved him he carried yeah. that film his back must be hurting um, <laughs> for that film being Black Widow. Blackwood. I mean, yep. yeah. Yep. Uh, this one surprised me. Ghost, the character of Ghost is back from Ant-Man 2. Yeah. That surprised me. It did me, but I'm glad because I think one of the things, well, they're clearly fixing this with this film, but one of the things that Marvel has always had a problem with, let's say, is using a villain in a film and then ditching it. And you never see them again. <laughs> they get defeated and then, oh, look, they never existed again. Exactly. So the fact we get... I know Red Guardian isn't a bad guy particularly, but the fact we're getting Ghost back and we'll move on to some of the other characters, that's great because at last we're, we're trying to... Obviously, they're playing the long game, but we, we're kind of seeing some of these older characters, the bad guy characters, finally coming back and being given something else to do kind of thing so that's mm. great so ghost fantastic character great concept that'll be interesting to see how she fits in and then we've also got who's next taskmaster from black widow again yeah who's i really enjoyed thought it was a great character yeah and um, didn't yeah. realize who would be under the mask no no and i think i think in the comics taskmaster's a male i think so um but that's that's cool. Um, interesting to see. I think it, I, I believe it's Olga Kurylenko still coming back. She she played the character in the in the film in Black Widow, um, so that's good. Again, reusing those villains. Um, got Wyatt Russell. As I mean, General no surprise Walker. that he's going to be in it. Yeah, brilliant. I liked him. I thought it was great in in Falcon and Winter Soldier. So he's now confirmed as the U.S. agent. Um, having failed to take over as as the new Captain America, obviously he's got a bit of a bearing a bit of a grudge there, no doubt. Um, but that that's great to see him back. Um, Florence Pugh, who's oh. everywhere at the moment. Oh, be still my beating heart. Florence Pugh is back as you. I love Florence Pugh. Old to be a I, dad. What can I? Th- what can i say i love florence Pugh. i think she's great in everything right she was she's fantastic in black widow and in hawkeye i think she's got just the right tone in terms of like the the humor and and so on so great to see her back and last but not least who have we got bucky bucky i thought he's had his massive redemption arc mm. why mm. would he possibly be a bad guy again well do you know that's interesting yeah i was thinking the same i thought it was kind of definitely back on the good guy team so either he's in the film but not 
as an actual member of the Thunderbolts or um, part of the storyline may involve him turning, let's say. Or it might be that the Thunderbolts aren't necessarily, quote-unquote, all bad guys. Because the way that, you know, like, Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, because let's, let's give her a full name, is kind of going around recruiting people. Perhaps they're just more a kind of freelance mercenaries mm. than actual bad guys. Mm. But we'll see, right? You know, we'll all, have to wait all, and see. All will be unveiled. We did get a couple of trailers, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm up to date on both of these, so... So, first was Secret Invasion. What do you reckon to that? Looks fab. It does, doesn't it? I mean, Sam Jackson's back in it, obviously. Yeah. But we've got the return of our favourite Skrull. I forgot his name. Ben Middleson. Yep. <sighs> Olivia I... Coleman. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. I forgot about her. It, 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 just, it just looks fab. fun. It does. It does. That was filmed around um, where I live, actually. Yeah. Some of the some of the scenes there were sh- were filmed in Leeds City Centre, and also in Halifax, a few miles down the road. They've done our mortgage. Anyway, there you go. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, there's a, there's a long scene uh, in a bank. <laughs> <laughs> I nearly went along with that. Yep, um, and then. This one then, took us by surprise. Oh, Werewolf by Night, which is basically um, a Disney Plus Halloween special event. Special, yeah. Um, it's it's using a Werewolf by Night character, which I'm really not familiar with, but Neither it's from the comics. And it's done as a kind of pastiche of the 1930s, 1940s horror movies. It, it To me, it looked straight... I mean, the trailer's in black and white. Yeah. It looked straight out of, like, The Wolfman, and I thought, this is yep. a universal monster film. Yeah, complete with grainy jumping frames. Um, mm. Just, oh, it looks fantastic. So, it really give, so it's coming out as a one-off, and yeah. to put into context... Werewolf by Night is where Moon Knight first appears. Oh, okay, right. Did okay. you not know that, out of curiosity? No, I didn't know. Didn't know so that. I wondered if we're going to get a certain cameo. Possibly, I suppose. Yeah, we could do. But it looks great. Do. It does. It's directed by Michael Giacchino, who is a composer. I was about to say, he does the music for Marvel. Yeah, he's done quite a few of the Marvel films. He's, he's done, I think, a couple, he might have done a couple of Pixar's. He did the music for the Lost TV series. Um, but and I think this is the first thing he's directed. So this could be yeah. yeah. This could really launch him into the MCU as a director. I hopefully, feel. hopefully that'd be cool. It, so uh, and I like what they seem to be doing here because although it's in black and white and obviously there's an element of humour to it, it it's a horror it film. Is, it's a horror film exactly. And I like the, the idea that they can do that. Marvel can do the kind of family friendly. Cinema releases, PG thirteen stroke twelve ratings, and like the mainstream stuff, but use Disney Plus to explore some of the other characters, maybe the harder edged characters mm-hmm. like this, or just play around with the format. Just you know, it might not be a character that's worth doing as an ongoing series, and we might never see the character again in any films, 
but here's like a fun hour long or however long it is thing where they're just having yeah just having a bit of fun and playing around so hopefully if this works they'll we'll see more similar kind of things with some of those more obscure obscure characters, characters yeah yeah okay that's 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 marvel that was marvel then then it was the turn of lucasfilm go on Indiana Jones five. I don't know why it's five a, yeah. because we've only had three okay. films so far. So. Well, let's leave that there. But Indiana um, Jones's newest outing. Yeah. So there was there was a teaser trailer shown, which apparently again was met with rapturous applause. Action packed is what I've heard. So hopefully we'll soon get that. Still no title confirmed. I saw again. It was one of these stupid rumors. Hmm. That it was confirmed as simply Indiana Jones, but that's probably because the title hasn't been confirmed. It might well be, and but I think that would annoy yeah. me. You know, being the fifth in the series, mm. it's every single one has been Indiana Jones and the. Now, apart from the first one. Well, first yeah, one was just Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's my little fact-checking elf. Martyrs. But yeah, it's an interesting one. Um... They didn't. I don't think they said one way or the other when the title would be confirmed or what. But you're right. It did just say Indiana Jones, didn't it, on the um, the pictures that we saw? I I I, I can't stage. wait. I'm so excited for that film. I am really looking forward to it. Phoebe Waller Bridge. Can't wait for that. Phoebe Ting Tang Walla Walla Bing Bang. His... Say again, sorry. Phoebe Ting Tang Walla Walla Bing Bang. <laughs> I've worked on that yes. for a week. I I can tell. I can tell. She plays Indy's goddaughter. Interesting. I didn't know the relation. Yeah, that was confirmed by the producer on on the weekend. Um, And they've also confirmed that John Rhys Davis is back as Salah. Brilliant. So just brilliant. Yeah, cannot wait. Cannot wait for that. Yeah, he's a nice bloke. He was in a Comic Con um, years ago locally, and yeah, queued up to meet him. Signed uh, my in-laws' Lord of the Rings collection. Couldn't be happier to talk about things. It was really, you know, we were talking about what it was like filming in New Zealand and et cetera, et cetera. And he was just a really nice bloke. Didn't mind oh, having good. time to chat. And I appreciated that. Yeah. Nice guy. Oh, nice good. guy. That's good. Um, so that was that. Um, and hopefully, yes, we'll we'll see something soon on, on that. Um, just blitz through Star Wars. We've, we're done with Star Wars. I'm sick of it. Yeah, load of Star Wars. We had a Mandalorian season three teaser, which looks good. More Mandalorian is always always welcome. Always, always welcome. Uh, we had um, again, apparently, some more bits of Andor. There was another final trailer released uh, as well. Another final trailer. Final yeah, final well, trailer. <laughs> another trailer. A final trailer. Um, there was some teasing for uh, the Bad Batch season two. Yeah, I, st- I started watching the first series, and I'm not a fan of. Rebels and things like that, so yeah. I, I just I just gave up. I've never never really followed those. Nah, there was um, a Tales of the Jedi, which is a series of short animated films, talk about history of some of the characters. That could be interesting. Uh, yeah, that that sounds interesting. I hope um, they do one about the origins of Anakin and and Darth Vader. That'd be great. Oh, we need to we need to know that, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. Um, then there was apparently a, a tease for. Um, Another live-action show called Skeleton Crew, which stars Jude Law. I remember it when it was first announced, but I'd completely forgotten that it was happening. Um, but I remember again, it being that, announced. Yeah, you're right. 
yeah, but uh, but yeah, Jude Law was there. Apparently, they showed a little bit of footage, so that it'd be interesting to see how that one turns out. Mm. And then, of course, the Ahsoka show, which we've known has been happening for a while, is currently in production. And I think they just had a few images. I don't think there was any footage shown. So there's plenty going on with Star Wars. Um, no mention, interestingly, of a Boba Fett season two. I'll so live. I, I, yeah, I can live without that. If it, I, I just think bringing back for Mandalorian, just keep keep them together in that if they're going to have him back at all. Um, then there's a trailer for Willow, which I haven't seen yet. I've never even seen the film. I've seen bits of the film, mm. and it's going to be one in our house which will be watched. I know that for a fact. Uh, yeah, yeah, I. I, I've never seen the film, so I, I've honestly got no basis. Uh, basis, no opinion on whether what on the TV show. Um, but yeah, all right. Yeah, I, I like I like Warwick Davis at the end. Yeah, of the day. yeah. It's it's obviously a, a, a popular film, favorite of many people. So yeah, give it a go. I'll, I'll watch the film. Okay, so boss, now now it's my time to shine. Now it's this is this is it. I know you've been waiting for this. Here we go. This is your specialised area. Heavy breathing intensifies. Come on, then. So, Disney Parks also Mm. had a panel. And I was refreshing Twitter as it went along. And basically, they're going to announce the changes that are going to happen across their theme parks in the next, you know, five, ten years. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, they left out all of the eastern areas of the world. And um, they forgot about Paris. Was there so, nothing about... Oh, okay. So they announced lots about Disney California and Disney World in Florida and Orlando. Yeah. So I'll, yeah. I've broken it down sort of there. So you yeah. start with Disney California. Mm-hmm. So there's two parks in Disney California. There's Disneyland and Disneyland's Californian Adventure. In okay. Disney Cali Adventure, there is um, Avengers Campus. Right. So they have a Guardians of the Galaxy ride. They have a Spider-Man ride. And there was a rumoured third ride to be there... Um, when it opened, I think it opened last year, if I remember correctly. Mm. But budget cuts, and you know how anything works, the the big expensive thing usually gets the chop. Yeah. They're bringing in a new ride that is going to enter the multiverse. But this multiverse is going to be themed and revolving around If Thanos won. So we're going to okay. get the first view of King Thanos. And again, if you look at the comics, you'll see what he looks like. But it's basically uh-huh. if Thanos won with the snap and everything, this uh-huh. is the this is the world that we would have been living in. So oh, that's right, going to okay. be interesting. It's probably yeah. going to be full of screens and lots of um, projections versus animatronics. But again, we won't go into theme parks unless we talk about it in an episode one day. But that's going to be really cool. First time the okay. multiverse has made it into parks. Okay. Um, also in Disney California, they are having a big Hero 6-themed area, which is a re-theme of a current place. So San Francisco, I think, is in Disney yeah. Hero 6. So that's going to be built, which is cool. Yeah. And then one that's drawing a you know, division on the internet is mm. Disney have a ride called Splash Mountain, and it's a log flume. Uh, it exists in both Disney California and Walt Disney World in Florida. It's been a family right. favourite for years, like decades. Right. They've recently announced that it's been rethemed to um, Tiana, who's the princess and the frog princess. Okay. And it's going to be called Tiana's Bayo Adventure. Fair enough. I mm. don't really have a problem with it because Splash Mountain is themed 
to a film, which you can't buy anywhere because it's now de- well, deemed racist. It's Songs of the South. Oh, yes. Okay. So, infamous Disney release. And there is no references in the ride to said film other than zippity doo and Br'er Rabbit. Okay. If you never knew about Songs of the South, you would ride Splash Mountain having no clue that it was connected to said film. Mm. Mm. So the fact that they're going to retheme it to a film, I don't really mind. It's still going to be the same fun Splash Mountain. Okay. But they've released they released concept art about it, and people were like, "What the hell?" Because it's a fan favorite. But then the new art that they've released again is even worse because they've again budget cuts. They've stripped back some of the theming. So you can tell, you know, real Disney hard Disney fans real hardcore Disney fans are going to be a bit upset by it. Mm. But they've announced that it's opening in 2024. So it's a okay. theme of an existing ride, basically. Okay. Which is cool. I'm not bothered. Yeah. I'm not bothered. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, su- I suppose as long as the, the functionally the ride itself is the same, I guess, does it matter that much? Um, coming back to Disney's event, the Avengers campuses, mm. in California, they... Did Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout? Yeah, that rethemed Disney uh, Tower of Terror. Okay, which is my all-time favorite Disney attraction, bar right. bar the Haunted Mansion. Right. Okay. So I've been on the one in Florida and Paris. If they retheme the Florida one, because the Florida one is unique, it it it's not a rebuild of well, it's the first, but it's also not a rebuild of. Paris and California. It's it's, com- sure. it's a completely different ride system. Okay. If they retheme that, I'd be gutted, really gutted. Mm. Because I like Guardians of the Galaxy, but also Disney. You know, the Tower of Terror is it's unique. It, it it was you know based on that on the Twilight Zone TV show, and you can't. It's not really connected to anything else. So it would upset me. Put it that way. Okay. It's an out and out thrill ride, which you don't get in Disney very often. It would stay mm. a thrill ride, but it's a haunted house thrill ride. I like that. Yeah. But anyway, let's move on. So we're going to move to Florida now, to Disney World. Um, uh-huh. They basically announced that the Epcot, the next phase, is going to be completed in 2023. Epcot has been the same since the 80s, and they're gradually rebuilding parts of it. And it's going on forever. <laughs> and they've just said the next phase is going to open in 23. Yeah, that didn't bother me. The one that did bother me... Not bother, but interested me is they they've built a Tron roller coaster in the Magic Kingdom. Right. They've now announced that it's going to open in twenty twenty three. But check this: they announced it was going to be built in two thousand seventeen. Is this their version of the one that's been open in China? For Basically, it's yeah, it's Shanghai. I think it is. Yeah. Which is China? So you're yeah, just making hmm. yeah Disney Shanghai. It, I don't. I've. I don't know any theme park operator in the world that takes as long to build and open rides as Disney because the ride is done it's rideable the um, CEO of Disney Parks rode it so it's safe to rip to ride but clearly none of the theming is done okay and I remember oh, I right. they built um, uh, seven seven no yeah hang on Snow White Seven Dwarfs Mine Train in Disney again in Magic Kingdom and that took yonks to open it is baffling but they do get it right so yeah you know Merlin open rides in the UK and they're half finished (laughs) 
Mm. But uh, yeah, you know, whatever, right? Um, yeah, okay. They they then announced that Frozen is going to take over the parks worldwide. There's going to be um, Arendelle areas, and I think there's definitely one being confirmed for Disneyland Paris. Okay. Um, there's already a bit of one in Epcot in Florida because there's um, a, a retheme of an existing ride there, so that's cool. Okay. The one that upset me the most um, in Animal Kingdom is an area called Dinoland, which has one of the roughest rides I've ever been on called Dinosaur. Yeah. And it's just it's a simulator ride, but you go back in time and rescue dinosaurs. It's pretty cool. They basically had a brainstorming session on stage that said, yeah, we're looking at getting rid of it, but we don't know what to yet. Okay. But they mentioned Zootopia, and oh, I don't... I hate that film. Or Zootropolis, really? if you're American. I, I think I've just seen it too much. I don't like it. Oh, wow, okay. But the fact that, you know, if they rethemed Dinosaur... I could live, but I think it's going to get the scrap and be completely flattened, and that'll upset me because again, it's unique. But mm. Zootopia, no, thank you. And the other one was mentioned was potentially Moana. That would be okay. It's different. Yeah. Um, but there's already a Moana area going to be a Moana area in Epcot, so you know, in the same theme park complex. Right. And they basically announced there's going to be new shows across the parks, but it was actually quite disappointing. There wasn't as much. Most of what they've announced had already been announced. It was an update more than anything. I see. So, I see there's nothing there. They're not doing anything new for Star Wars, right? So they've got Galaxy's Edge. Interesting you should mention that. Is Galaxy's Edge in both American parks? Yes. So there is one in Hollywood Studios in Florida. Yeah. And in, I think it's Disneyland in California. There was meant to be one coming to Europe in Disneyland Paris. However, that has mysteriously disappeared from all of the concept art that has come out recently. That's the one I was thinking. Yeah. Because there's two in America. Yeah, one in each, one at each side. I would have thought that would be like one of the next things that they would bring to the other parks as well. You'd think so, especially in Europe. Yeah. But it's, I think they, they've announced there's going to be a Cars Land, Frozen Land, and something to do with the Lion King in Disneyland Paris Studios Park. Okay. Which I am disappointed with because, you know, I'm going to go back to, to America Disney. Of course I am. But if I could have just hopped across the channel and gone to Paris to do I'd have done that. So I'm a bit disappointed. Yeah. Especially the whole, you know, the whole European market in Star Wars. I don't know why they haven't jumped on it, but there we are. Gutted. Hmm. But yes, you're right. They have, they have scrapped that off. That's weird because I, I don't know. I just would have thought, yeah, you just thought they'd have capitalised on it. Yeah, uh, and they're doing more Marvel stuff, right? Because, yeah, Disneyland Paris Studios Park already has Avengers Campus. That's going to be, obviously, that's going to be an expansion point over the years. that's the one I was thinking of. So they're doing the Marvel stuff. So it just surprises me that, that, yeah, there's no... um, There's no more Star Wars in Europe. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I'm with you you on that. Yeah. But for me, me it was a bit of a disappointing panel. There was, Mm. you know, they announced that there's a new uh, show coming to the Magic Kingdom 
or a new song that's or a song that's returning and people lost their minds. And like to me, it's like yeah, it's great. People have memories of it, brilliant. But it's just a show, you know. Bands tour. You might have the best night of your life at a certain band, but they're never going to play that show again exactly the same. So get on with it, get on with life, kind of thing. Um, yeah. But Disney, some Disney adults take this so seriously. It's it's scary obsessions. You know, I'm a big Disney fan. Don't get me wrong. I love my theme parks, but. Mm. If they ever rethemed Tower of Terror, I'd be upset, but I'd move on. Life moves on. <laughs> hmm. a really I think boring way to end the podcast. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I think it's one of those things because I, I don't get me wrong. I've I've been to theme parks. I enjoy the rides and all that kind of thing. But I'm not like I I, I won't kind of you won't search it. out the latest yeah. and greatest. Yeah, and I don't kind of follow what's going on necessarily. Um, but but going by what you've said on what they've announced. Like you say, like the Tron ride is ready next year. What's that? Six years after it was announced. And and it's a, a carbon good... copy as far as I'm aware from the one in Shanghai. So it's which, not like it has to be designed. And that one's been going for two or three years easily, hasn't it? Well, so... I suppose we've got to say the pandemic should probably shut down some construction. Fair, fair enough. Yeah. But fair Disney enough. and Universal operate 24 hour construction. Yeah, well, yeah. It does seem a little lacklustre as someone who's not massively into it. I can see where it's like, oh, is that is that it? Although, I, I, think I will close I, this on a positive. Go on. Go on, you finish your point. I was just, I think I'm just more surprised that they're not doing the Star Wars thing. Yeah, definitely. Else. However, they did announce a think tank idea that in Magic Kingdom in Florida, there's an area behind Thunder Mountain which has been undeveloped, and they've teased something called the Villains Villains Kingdom, which okay. was going to be rumored to be the the next big park in Walt Disney World in Florida. Right now, Universal Studios, who is Disney's biggest competitor in Florida, are building a brand new theme park called Epic Universe, and that's due to open I think 2025. Oh. Disney are going to have to do something to compete with that. Han- they, mm. They're going to have to, because mm. Universal will have three parks. Granted, Disney's a different ball game to Universal Studios, but that's a whole episode on its own. I think they're going to see how that park is received and go from there. But that's okay. years away. But they've, yeah. te- they've teased this massive expansion of Magic Kingdom and basically gone, yeah, nothing really to show you other than we've had an idea. Cheers. Thanks for coming to our talk. That's a shame. Yeah, but we'll yeah. see. We'll see. It's, it's always interesting seeing what's happening in the in the Disney world. This is true. This is true. And I guess overall, in terms of, well, how overall from from D twenty three as a whole, what were your impressions at the end of it then, from what was announced and and or what wasn't announced? I. I think I'm more disappointed that none of it has been made public, that, you know, stuff that was shown there, like, you know, we're nearly a week gone now. I would have liked to have seen the indie trailer by now. And yeah, yeah. I think I would have liked to have seen Ant-Man 3's trailer by now, and I would have been happy about that. You know, it's an exclusive event. It's 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 streamed, but very loosely. You couldn't, you know, you couldn't have tuned into Indy's panel. No, they were very selective about what they actually showed. Live, yeah. weren't they? Yeah, yeah. So that that's disappointing. But you know, 
it's got me very excited for the next couple of years, specifically in movie world, theme park world, slightly different. Because, yeah. you know, you can't drop everything and run to California or Florida very easily. Um, no. Because, no, you know, true. things cost money. They do a bit, don't they? So, you know, it it was cool. I I liked to, I liked what came out. I'm looking forward to what we will be watching in the next year. Yeah, I'll go with that. I'll go with that. I think the, the Marvel stuff, there's a bit of a mix there, obviously. The quote unquote insiders and leakers were completely <laughs> made to look like idiots, which is always it's good. It's great, yeah, yeah. It's always fun to see. Um yeah. Give us that Ant Man trailer. Give us give us that indie trailer. Um but Thunderbolts was great. It was good to get that confirmed. And I'm glad that they're bringing back some of those older characters and, and use them again. Yes. Yeah. What what a waste. When you got actors like Hannah John Kamen and, and Olga Korolenko, and even the more recent ones like David Harbour and White Russell and Florence, Florence, if you've got them... Calm down now. Use them, you know what I mean? You, you've tied them into 10 film contracts, right, or whatever. Get them used, because that, that looks like a great team, and I, I, looks like that's going to be... I know you said earlier on, like, it's Marvel's version of Suicide Squad, but it really could be that kind of... Let's talk about the second Suicide Squad, not the first one. It could really have that kind of fun element to it, mm. the team team dynamic. Um, I think the Indy 5 stuff, yeah, just give us a trailer. Star Wars, more of the same, really. I think the only thing I'm really looking forward to is Andor, just because it looks different to, to the others. And then the theme park stuff... I mean that's your bag, but yeah, boy. But yeah, it does seem a little underwhelming from from an outsider's point of view, let's say. But I'd happily have a conversation with anybody in the theme park industry on this podcast, and we'll take it over for a day. I think it'd be brilliant. That suits me. I'll have the day off. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Anybody who's on. a theme park fan and want to chat crap with me, gives a shout. Like Warren yeah. did. Warren got to get, get contacted us, and we were like, absolutely, we want to talk to you, mate. Definitely. If you are a, a a theme park, how would you? It's not a, you, if you're a an extreme experience collector. There you go. You're I've like, seen where like, you've gone with that. Okay, we might get like, some weird responses there, but that's okay. <laughs> no, thanks for but listening. You, absolutely, no. If if you're a theme park junkie and and you know you there's these there there are, there are such things, aren't they? All go around and and go on every new roller coaster, every new theme park. Um, that would be something interesting to talk about, definitely. Until next time. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Warren. Um, appreciated the time, and yeah, yep. we'll uh, we'll see you. Listen, oh, fucking every fucking week, we won't every see time. you. We won't see you. You'll I'm hear us again in. sometime. I'm leaving that in. You always do. I do, yeah. Bye, listeners. At least you haven't burped in this episode. No, I did it very cleverly off mic because <laughs> i i always do leave those in i know because you're a horrendous human being i am aren't i i'm just i'm only human what can i you know i have bodily functions that's weird i don't yeah let's leave it there um bye 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 stand by for the seamless last minute insertion so you may have noticed as we did after we'd finished recording that we completely forgot about avatar 2 which probably tells you all you need to know about our thoughts on it would you agree with that dan you're absolutely right, mate. I couldn't give two shits. Tidy. Yeah, so, there you go. That's the end of the seamless last-minute insertion.